welcome to another brand new episode of the Minigames Podcast. Uh, this is episode 45. Still almost episode 50. Still no fucking idea what we're going to do for that. Uh, par for the course for this podcast. But hi, uh, I'm your host, Mike. As usual today, co-host Keith. I'm going to make it a goal to try to figure out what we're going to be doing by the next episode. The fact that you've already set a goal for yourself means that you've already failed. Look, I got to start somewhere and I figured the bottom is the best place. I mean, you know what? That's fair. Um, little there's, bit literally, of sh- there's literally a song about it. What, what song? The Drake one. Oh, yeah. I was like, what the fuck are we talking about? But I was like, oh, yeah. Started, started from the bottom. Yep. And we're now still we're here. here. <laughs> started from the bottom. Still fucking here. Now we're we're slightly above the bottom at this point. Yeah, we are now what twelve people up from the bottom. Yeah, sure, whatever, fuck it. Yeah, welcome everyone. Hello. Uh, gonna be a little bit of a shorter episode this week. Uh, it's it's a very light week in terms of like everything. Uh, like we have one sale. Like that's 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 where we're at right now. Um, yep. So yeah, it's a it's a light week. So short episode. Uh good for everybody i think normally like you know two hours is a lot uh, <laughs> and we have multiple so yeah it's yeah a breather, it's a breather week yeah it's a it's a little break for us it's a little break for you but uh no weeks off ever though because that's how we fucking that's how that's how we roll here sometimes <laughs> no weeks off until a lot of weeks off yeah uh, when we take time off boy do we take time off uh, <laughs> we're pretty good at it we're we're very good at it. We're still very consistent now, though. So hooray for us! We're pretty good at that too. Yes, uh, Keith. Video games. I see that you've been uh, you've been playing them. I I also see that I have. Um, yeah, what I've been playing. So I'll start off with a smaller one. Uh, Pokemon Platinum. I'm almost done with the game. I have seven batches. I'm at the top of Mount Coronet. We've come uh, so far. Yeah, no kidding, right? Am I? my 30 minute every other day game um and i'm really i'm just trying to power through it uh because the guy that i landed to is like hey do you saw my game and i'm like uh, yeah i do you're can like, I finish ah, it real quick? <laughs> can i finish it <laughs> um but also so i have like as much time between that and the remix as possible to where it's not like just a drag you know doing it all over again right away yeah that i, I get that yeah um so once in once I do that, then I'm done with Pokemon until uh, Snap comes out. So excited to finish that and do some of the post game because I know that one apparently has a really good post game on Platinum. Then I don't remember. <laughs> it's like some like alternate world stuff, from what I understand. Like basically just straight up like Giratina stuff. That sounds about right. Yeah, but the big meat and bones is. Actually, no, before I get there, then I did a little bit more of Hades. I think I'm now I'm starting to understand like a little bit of like builds and what I should be prioritizing. Oh, yeah, man. Once you get into a fucking groove with that game, it's ooh. Yeah, I made it. Yes, except Meg is freaking hard. Like, I still struggle with her. Yeah, uh, Meg was definitely a huge roadblock for me when I first started playing Hades. I was just like, oh, I'm just never going to get farther than this, huh? Uh, and then once you start 
putting uh, darkness into some of those like secondary things. And once you like learn your way around God powers uh, and like what works well with like what particular weapon yeah, set you like, like to use all, the, all most. the boons and everything. Yeah. Once, once you learn, figure out boons with like, like, and like on top of that, like you prioritize what you need to spend your gold on when you meet uh, every time you get like a care on floor. Yeah. Like once you figure that out, it, it becomes a lot more manageable. Um, Meg is definitely a big roadblock. Um, I'm not going to spoil anything to you, but I can't wait until you get to uh, the third world where uh, I, that's that's the next. Like the second world is not too rough. Uh, the third one, the boss of 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 world three is the new Meg. Yeah, uh, yeah, in a, in a way, um, yeah that that one's a true test of uh, your patience. But it's a uh, it's a lot of fucking fun. Hades is one of those games where it's like it's Dark Souls. Like once you get through something for the first time, it's a big old serotonin boost. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, and I've gotten past Meg. I got in, I got past Tartarus like once or twice. Okay. So I know it's possible. It just it still sucks doing. Um. Let's see. I kind of I want to play that game more. So like, I'm only doing it once a week, which I feel like is a huge disservice to the game. Yes, absolutely. Um, but I'm really like heavily involved in this Resident Evil playthrough, which I'm also really enjoying. So balance is hard. Um, but I've been playing uh, Code of Veronica. I don't I don't know if I I don't think I started it by the time we did the last pod, did I? I I don't think we did. I don't think so i think i started it on the thursday after recording so it would have been the day before i went live if i'm not mistaken yeah i think when we time is also hard i think i think last week you had just beat three yeah that sounds about right time is also hard yeah i don't don't know what fucking day it is anymore like when it was like oh it's recording day i was like oh (laughs) (laughs) that's today but yeah, no, Code Veronica, um, about three sessions deep. I'm going to assume I'm somewhere about a little bit before halfway done. I have no clue the length of it, so that's a hard guess. Um, did you well, did you ever play Code Veronica? What's your experience with that, if any? Um, I remember, so Code Veronica came out at a time where I was still, there was, I was still actively renting video games as a right. kid. Um, Code Veronica was one of those ones where I was just like, I rented it. I think I played a little bit of it, got real frustrated with it, and then didn't touch it again. <laughs> oh yeah, there's a whole lot like, like going way across a huge map. Like that map is huge. Yeah, I think because man, because there was a time when I was renting games, it was like I would rent two games like whenever I could because I was like, okay, one of these is probably gonna not be good. Yeah. Uh, so. I think I remember just like playing whatever else I rented way more than I than I played Code Veronica. So probably haven't beaten the game then. Most likely not. I uh, know I haven't beaten Code Veronica. Uh, like I, my memory of that game is so like very much early game, and I was just like, then it's completely blank from that point on. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I did that. Obviously, the whole premise of the game is Claire goes looking for Chris after uh, Resident Evil 1 and her night surviving Raccoon City and from Resident Evil 2. 
So I see it as like the true sequel to two, if that makes sense. Yeah, that works. Um, because three very much runs alongside with, I'd say, if not just like just before. Yeah, th- three happens like around two. Yeah, and then runs just over two with the ending, with basically the the megaton moment for Raccoon City. Yeah. So, I was debating like, do I consider? Do I play this one? Do I not? But it is a mainline entry. Um, I've seen way more things stating that it is a mainline entry than saying it's not. So I'm in. I'm doing it. And I'm kind of glad. Uh, my main reason for that is I feel like I owed it to myself to do at least one uh, Resident Evil game in that like retro state that's still, you know, tanky and all that stuff. Like, I feel like I owed it to myself. <laughs> Yeah, you gotta you gotta play those Resident Evil games that still controlled like shit. Yeah, and you do get you can do kind of get used to the tank. Like you learn. Sure, in the same way that you also get used to having like a limb torn off, but you know. Yeah, exactly. You learn. (laughs) Um. So I can at least function. I'd say like eighty five percent decently. It still catches me sometimes. Um. It's way more jarring than I expected it to be. And I don't know why. Like, I came off of, like, Action Heavy 3 Remake, rolling straight into classic Resident Evil that very much is reminiscent of, like, I guess, from my experiences, one, you know? Yeah. So... I can can see where that's... uh, That's a little bit of a jump. Yeah, and adjusting to that, because, like, you know, 3... You're in full control of what you're doing, you know, like at any given moment, where you look, where you turn, how fast you turn, all that. With these, you're not. You're very much, you know, limited control, limited aiming. So it took a lot of getting used to with that. Luckily, it does kind of have a semblance of an auto aim. Like basically, you aim and it's going to automatically draw it to an enemy. Now, if the enemy moves, you're not going to move with it. So you got to kind of, you know, up. Basically, aim, unaim, aim, unaim, back and forth. But the actual story, it's all over the place. It's insane. Basically, yeah, you're looking for Chris. You get arrested. You're let out. And there's zombies. And there's, like, a creepy set of twins going on. Um, Wesker is here. So that makes me know I did not get the true ending when I play Resident Evil 1. Because he is very much dead. Like, <laughs> dead, dead. Like, Stabbed in the chest and punctured all the way through dead. Yeah, but here's um, the thing. Wesker is like eternal, basically. So apparently. Apparently. Um so I ended right where Wesker makes his first appearance. And let me tell you, dude, he bitch slaps the shit out of Claire. Like As he does. Dude, like no, no, like like okay, remember how Jazz like flew? Out of like the house of Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Yes. That's how far Claire flies from like that slap. Like, okay. Have you seen that viral video of the dude that like licks his hand and slaps the slaps the guy in like a fight in like a fast food restaurant? Yes. That's basically what he does. Like the her soul left. So you just get fucking manhandled by Wesker. <laughs> yeah, and then kicked. Um you do get kicked as well too by Wesker. Um, it's a like I said, it's a huge map, like massive. Like I'm gonna say it's probably bigger than two, than two and three. 
even after it's a lot of games it's a lot and it does really good job you know backtracking across the whole thing um so i'm gonna say this is kind of more in line with you know that metroidvania style of borderline you know borderline being in that genre only difference is it's a item gate not ability gate um and back to also like no almost low no context you're lying almost specifically after memory maybe the only hint is when you get something and you go back to your map it like it does say where it's no longer locked and it's now unlocked it goes by red from red to green but you got to find out where that is and you got to look through every floor of every area to find it uh <laughs> I, yep man i shit like that i don't know if i like have patience for anymore well, I, mean, I think i just like i owed it to myself to do like i said one that's not like in a renewed um remastered or anything although i did upscale, upscale the graphics because you can do that legally i would preface that you can do that legally Definitely. Oh, yeah, because you're playing your totally legal copy of Code Veronica, right? Yes, yeah, it's not against any terms of service, no. Perfect. Um, so, I do have it up to 1440. So, I mean, it looks crisp, it looks clean. So, I do have that going for me. But, other than that, like I said, the game has not changed. It's still the same game. It just looks a little bit cooler, a little bit Some more. Resident Evil-ass Resident Evil, huh? Oh, yeah. The the, the evil of the, of the residents. The ass of the evil. Whatever I was going with that, I don't know. Wow, what a what a well formulated sentence that was. <laughs> Yo, dude, my math is like Steiner math, and so are my sentences. At least I you can you... do math, all right? I fucking. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Have you ever looked up Steiner math? No, I. I. You think I'm out here, dude? I'm an English major. You think I'm out here actively looking up anything with the word math in it? Okay. So I'm going to put this in the Discord before you tell me what you've been playing. And I want you to read it out loud. Oh. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's see here. I need to get the whole the whole exact quote. Do you? Do you have to do that? Absolutely. Wonderful. Lovely. Love that for me. Alright, let's see here. How upset is this gonna make me? Uh very. Perfect. Very. It's exactly what I needed to cap my night. Uh, while Keith is doing that, uh, we're recording this on March 10th. Uh, so happy Mario Day, everybody. Oh, yeah. It's, it's March 10th. Mario Day. Here, there. It's, uh, it's in there. It's Mar in there. March 10. Uh, Shout out to everyone named Martin. You know, they say all men are created equal, but you look at me and you look at some. Is this wrestling? Just keep going. And you can see that the statement is... You look at Samoa Joe and you can see that the statement is not true. See, normally if you go one-on-one -on -one with another wrestler, you got a 50-50 chance of winning. But I'm a genetic freak and I'm not normal, so you got a 25% at best to beat me. And then you add Kurt Angle to the mix, you the chances of winning drastically go down. See, the three-way at Sacrifice, you got a 33 and a third chance of winning. But I, I, I got a 66 and two-thirds chance of winning because Kurt Angle knows he can't beat me. And he's not even going to try. So Samoa Joe, you take your 33 and a third chance minus my 25% chance if we was to go one-on-one. -on -one. And you got an eight and a third chance of winning at sacrifice. But then you take my 75% chance of winning 
if we was to go one on one and then and add 66 and two thirds percents, I got a 141 and two third chance of winning at sacrifice. Senor Joe, the numbers don't lie. And they spelled disaster for you at sacrifice. Well, you know what? The math checks out there. I can't really argue with that. <laughs> Dude, it's the best thing. Like Steiner math rules. Yeah, I uh, I am not a mathematician by any means, but everything that I just read seems uh, numerically correct, so I'll allow it. Yeah, it, it, it does check out. I checked once. I believe you. I believe that you added this up. Yeah, I had to. I mean, fake fans? No. But sometimes, I, sometimes you just make me so upset, and this is one of those instances. Anybody... I'm sure there's one person that might know where that is, is probably like loving it right now that I got you to actually do that. Good. Congratulations to the one person that I made happy by reading a, a block of wrestling related shit. <laughs> what have you been playing? You know what? Video games don't matter anymore after reading that. Uh... Math does check out on that too. But, uh,. Been playing a little bit more Bravely Default too. Uh, that game is that game is fun. You know, it's a turn-based RPG. You know, I know what you know what you're getting there. It's yep. a turn-based Square Enix RPG, so it's like you yep. definitely know what you're getting there. Yep. Uh, so you know that, which means you know I like it. Uh, been trying to play a little bit more Persona Five Strikers uh, when I can. It's my conundrum with that game is like I want to play more of it. But I'm enjoying it so much that like I don't want to get through it super quickly. <laughs> um, yeah, who would have thought that? I feel like I've said this already, but who would have thought Dynasty Warriors uh, plus Persona Five would be a fucking incredible combo? But here we are, and they got you. Uh, two more things I've been playing. I informed you about this recently. Uh, I I downloaded Magic: The Gathering Arena. My literal words was just, uh oh. And uh, I have already spent $50 on packs. Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, I get it. I get it. I was there once, IRL. But I, was like, I, was like, I was like, oh, yeah, me plus card games is not a good thing. Like, as someone who doesn't, like, drink or smoke or, like, have any, like, real, like, you know, hardcore vices. You know, everybody's got their vice. Apparently, mine is collectible card games. Uh because this is how I was when I was playing Hearth, like Hearthstone actively. Is like I was just I, I was spending so much fucking money on packs every opportunity I could, and now that yeah, like I've been there for a lot of that, and now that like I'm testing out like because so before you can really like do shit in MTG Arena, you have to do color challenges so that way you know like the basics of like what colors do. Yeah, like how each one functions. Yeah, and I was just like I'm like, and I'm a I'm a I'm an actual fucking degenerate, so I was just like. Oh, I like that red is aggro decks because I'm a piece of shit, <laughs> and I love oh, a good. Aggro. Yeah, red's good. Red's good if you, if you can shut them out early. But if they're they hard counter, you're done. Yeah, um, I I I was so the last phase of the color challenge is you. It's like so. It's like puzzles, basic like like Magic the Gathering based like puzzles because you have to like figure out exactly what to play on what turn and everything like that. But the final tier of the each color challenge is it just pairs you up against like an actual live player oh that's cool and i had someone concede two turns in because i had like five goblins on stage uh, on the on the board by the end of the just second take, turn just the perfect like mana drop and everything 
Oh yeah, like I was curving I, out. I... I was curving out like fucking aggressively, and then there's a. Uh, they're called enchants, right? The spells or whatever the fuck. Yeah, not the instant ones, right? No, not instants. Uh, yeah, I have an enchant that is just like oh. Every time that you declare an attack, you also deal one point of damage to them for each creature that's attacking. Yeah, yeah, that that's how goblins rolled. Um, yeah, and most. Then there's a lot of goblins that are one drops too. Yeah, I like all of them, and I was just like, yeah, I was like, oh, so this is just like, this is some degenerate ass shit, and I love it. Yep, yep, it can be. Now, someone that I want to say, I think it's blue that has a lot of defense. If they can get something to like weather that storm really quickly. Yeah, an all red deck sometimes doesn't work out. I mean, that's the cool thing with magic. It's literally got its own checks and balances. Yeah, I am uh, looking forward to playing some more MTG Arena. Uh, who, who'd have thought that I would be here in 2021? But I was just like, I have a have a real good friend of mine that lives uh, in Oregon, and they're always talking about how they used to play like MTG. And so I, 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 I was like, you know, we've talked. I've had like a passing interest in magic before. Yeah, uh, I, I tried once and I feel like we got like maybe like an inch towards you trying it. And yeah. I, I want to say, I think you bought a deck too. Probably. It's probably somewhere. Uh, actually, you know what? Uh, yeah. And uh, you know what? Apparently I had my, my parents brought over old storage bins uh, from, from their house to my, yeah. my girlfriend's place. And one of them had like old ass like mtg cards that i think i got like gifted from like family like a long time ago when i was like really into like you know just Yu-Gi-Oh and stuff yeah you know but you know you tell them you tell people you're into fucking Yu-Gi-Oh and they just think every collectible card game is fucking Yu-Gi-Oh. uh so i think that like someone just bought me like mtg stuff and then i was just like huh and like actually holding them and looking at them i was like I should play magic. And I was like, but I don't feel like, you know, we're in a pandemic. I don't feel like going to a game shop. And then I was like, MTG arenas free. <laughs> they got uh, that there. And here I am $50 less. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. They, they, they got you. They got you. Yeah. Um, so it turns out, turns out I like collectible card games a lot when, cause my, my one issue with like, playing things like magic or pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh that you know we live in the internet age now so it's been like alleviated is like i don't have my schedule even pre-pandemic didn't a lot like didn't have like have time to account for me going to like friday night magic nights at like my local game shop or anything like yeah. that like i just flat out like i i wish i did but i don't have the time to do shit like that yeah. so the fact that like i can just like get off of work sit down at my computer have like a youtube video up on my second monitor and my primary monitor i'm just playing some fucking magic like that's i can fuck with that very hard yeah no yeah it makes it a very very um just accessible like you said and they've really smoothed out because magic online the games were kind of annualized for a long time um i remember i mean shoot i'm thinking probably almost like 10 years ago now where we would like literally get a group of friends and all just play magic and that's all that's we, what we do we'd hang out and just play magic for hours at a time um staying up late just rearranging our decks and that's probably my my one thing that i kind of like like more of the in person than on game is you know having all your cards and making the selection of how you're going to build your deck out and kind of weighing the odds and seeing what you're going to do um 
I kind of do like that in person more because that's just like having like my two cards there, not having to scroll and go back and forth. But that's also an indecision thing. <laughs> yeah, and also I'm an adult and I don't have time to hang out with people anymore. So. <laughs> oh yeah, there is that part. Um, but magic is cool. Magic is still cool. Yeah, it turns out magic pretty tight. Um, I will say what I did to make like deck building a lot easier and I found it to really help out is I didn't necessarily go for like like color type. I went for species type. So like I had a really sick like vampire deck. That was very Ooh. Yeah, it was very like just red black. But there was one planeswalker that used one white mana. So I had a card. I had four cards in there. And it was basically choose any mana of any color you like. Boom. White card every time. White mana every time. I just had one white mana in the deck and I got it every time because I have four of them of the card to, to select it and if i didn't and if i got more of them hey you're just pulling out any more mana so you're you're never short yeah i think the one mtg concept that like my fucking smooth ass brain can't grasp and this is i know it's 100 percent because it's been spoiled by hearthstone mm -hmm. uh blocking oh yeah that's like the attack positions and all that yeah, it's because like so what? Because you know you play you play a little bit of Hearthstone. Like you can yeah. test this kind of. You can just flat out target whatever you want to attack. So it's like I, if, yeah. if I want to trade with minions, yeah, that, I can do, do that at Hearthstone. But like I, it's this weird thing that like I don't account for. Like sometimes, and like I'll I'll pass my or I'll, I'll pass my turn or something, or like I'll go for an attack. Be like, oh, I'm gonna do this. I'm like, and my brain's like why why cursor no click on enemy monster like <laughs> yeah no nope you uh you're attacking the player every time do you, do you think i gotta choose who they're blocking with yeah i think that's the one thing i'm just like okay i gotta i gotta use this fucking block and shit yeah i that that see that was the opposite of hearthstone i was like oh shit like i gotta figure out okay which one do i attack like there's an actual choice to make there yeah which is like one thing that i like, like i prefer active you know it's uh I, I prefer actively trading with minions and just like, okay, let me just block and hope for the best. Uh. Yeah, and see, and that's kind of the trade-off. Like, on one hand, it, I mean, they're both strategic in a different way. Like, when you're actively like, choosing, okay, I would go for this minion, I would do that. But on the other hand, like, you don't know what they have in store, like, in hand, or what they're going to block with, or what they might be able to do. Like, it's training one, one strategy for another. And you'll see that the more like deep you get in on it. Maybe not so much now because like you're kind of just starting and it's kind of still like you just got to the part where it kind of guides you along. Um, but you'll see that where it's played to its advantage and you can play it to yours. Where like they have an instant and then you have one that says, hey, uh, um, cancel any new moves made this turn that were not from a creature. This card takes priority. So like, it's like, hey, uh, Here's my trap card. It's like, nope, here's mine. Call an ambulance, but not for me. Or what I could do is just play an all red deck and be like, blocking? What's that? And just <laughs> not worry about it. If someone's got something, I'm telling you, it'll come up. I, I did it before. <laughs> if you can't end the game quick, it ain't happening. Nah, dude. I go by the old Hearthstone adage when it comes to aggro decks. Face is the place. When I need to get into that game. Okay, Heartstone? hold up. MTG Arena. Okay, hold up. 
Right. It's keep free. Talk, keep talking. Yep, yep. Keep talking. I'm going. <laughs> Are you downloading MTG Arena right now? Uh, keep talking. <laughs> oh my fucking god! It's on Steam. I don't think it's on Steam. No, it's on Epic. All right, all right. Here we go. Keep talking. No, I'm glad it's not on Steam because I don't, I don't, I don't get real sad when I see my played time in a little bit in like a couple couple weeks. Oh God. Because it's uh, it's become one of my like wind down before bed games. I think. Yeah, I can see that. Like I'm just like let me play a, let me play like a match or two because sometimes you know a, a decent game of Magic takes like 20 25 minutes and that's like that's good winding down time. Yeah, yeah. If you got that free time to wind, if you have the time to wind down, that's a good way to do it. Um, I, I want to say I think my longest game of Magic is an hour and a half though. You have like, people just like not you just both knocking out fat control decks or something, dude. It was insane because like we both and we both also had like like revival decks where you pull from the graveyard because it's supposed to be like if you run out of cards you're done like that you lose. So then they like added, yeah, pretty much. Um, but we both had like decks that just restore. <laughs> so you just yeah. never run out of cards. No, we didn't, and it was insane. And like we both, I think we both also like traded, um, like where you like you take over someone else's creature for you. Oh, so sick, dude! There's <laughs> like, like magic can be so intricate and so simple at the same time. It's really cool. I mean, not unlike a lot of other TCGs, but I just really like it, and like the lore that it's created too. Yeah, uh, I'm considering buying like the mtg like D books now so thanks 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 wizards of the coast oh man and i used to keep up with the lore too like i used to be all over and like keep up with um each set and what it like what it means to the lore and like where they're going and all this stuff oh man let me look up let me look up set piece and see where i where i fell off see what else have you been playing in the meantime while i look that up um so speaking of games that i play to unwind before i go to bed but games that are very dangerous to play before i go to bed um i'm gonna preface this by saying we are 10 days into march It is the third month of the year and i think i may have found my game of the year oh shit uh, I'm looking at Steam right now. Okay. I bought this game three, four, like at the beginning of the week, let's say. Okay. I have 17 hours in it. <laughs> Jesus Christ, uh, what is it? Loop Hero. I've seen people playing that. Um, Straight up. I thought that I, I looked at screenshots of this game and I was like, this doesn't look like something I'm going to enjoy at all. Uh, it turns out it's, it's one of those games where it's just like, I'm only going to play a little bit of this. And then when you look at what time it is, you're like, Oh shit, it's been four <laughs> hours. <laughs> oh no. Um, so what Loop Hero is, uh, for those of you that don't know, especially Keith, um, 
it's a roguelike. Uh, okay. It's it's also card based because I love me some fucking cards and games. Um, but the cards they work a little bit differently in this. So the main premise of the game is this: like, so the plot's like real fucking out there. Uh, there's like this weird lich that like destroyed the world, and your character is trying to rebuild it basically. Um, but the but every way that you re like the world is bad. Like the <laughs> everything is bad in Loop Hero. Um, like fucking literally everything out to kill your ass. Um, the way you rebuild the world is with these cards. So the loops, uh, the quote unquote loops. Um, every time you either die or start a new loop, it generates a new map for you randomly. And that map is basically we'll call it like a monopoly board that your character just automatically walks just around, rolls around. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you have the the only thing that you have on that map at the beginning is a one single square that is your camp every time you pass the camp you heal up a, you heal up some health um the cards that you get are tile cards so like one will be called mountain one will be called stone and you place those on the map to basically quote unquote rebuild, rebuild the world. world yeah and then you have other ones that are like groves uh so you collect resources also every time you pass through certain tiles groves uh, every time you pass through a grove, they give you sticks, which if you get enough sticks, it turns into lumber. You can turn lumber into your camp. And every time you die or end the loop, uh, you go back to your camp and then you can build structures there in your camp. So, you know, you walk through a grove, you get a stick. Uh, 11 sticks, I believe, is what turns into one lumber. And, you, you know, you get lumber and then you turn, you build whatever you need to with that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and it's all like tile based, right? From what yeah, I've seen, yeah, hundred percent. So that seems okay. good, right? You know, get getting sticks. Um, every four days or every three or four days of in-game time, there's like a little there's a meter that shows like how long you have until the day till the next day begins. Mm -hmm. Every couple of days, um, a wolf spawns. Uh, they call them rat wolves because they're or wolf rats. I don't know. They're they're weird looking. Uh, so you have monsters to fight in there too. So it's like this risk reward of like, oh, every time you place these tiles that give you necessary resources, eventually you're going to have to fight monsters. Like you have tiles for villages. Villages are good because every time you pass through a village space, you get healed. They don't heal you as much as your camp, but it's still a small heal. And mm -hmm. then tiles have synergy with one another. So you can only place wheat fields down next to your villages. But every uh, if you have a wheat field on each side of your village, it increases the amount of healing that you get by passing through that village. Yeah. You also get quests by uh, passing through villages. Quests uh, just give you a, uh, a monster. One of the monsters on the field has a little crown that pops up. When you kill it, you usually get uh, rewarded with more, with more tile cards or gear. You can equip loot in the game. Um, so the trade-off with that is, though, occasionally, if you place village cards, a bandit camp spawns. So then you have to fight bandits in the village. And those wheat fields that you place around the village, uh, every four days, a scarecrow spawns in those villages. And the scarecrow is a hostile creature. So it's this, like, crazy risk-reward. And sometimes it gets fucking crazy, and you're fighting, like, four or five enemies on a tile at once. So they'll yeah. fuck your shit up, but you can balance this. There's a tile called a road lantern that lowers the maximum amount of enemies that can appear on a tile by one. Uh, and it's in like a radius. So it's just like real like risk reward of like strategic yeah. where you want to put things. And so 
all the things I've been talking about are tiles you can place like on the map. You have things like the, like I mentioned earlier, you have mountains, uh, stones, and meadows. Those you place outside of the map, uh, and those just give you passive benefits. Every so every time you place uh, a meadow, you heal two health per meadow at the beginning of each day. If you have a meadow placed to a stone, the meadow becomes a blooming meadow, and so you heal three health per day for that meadow. So you really got to learn what to pair up with what then. Yeah, and so but see, even those things are throw risk your way. So you can also build mountains, and then if you put a mountain in a center tile and then put six rocks around it, you make a big mountain, which gives you one a big ass amount of resources for doing that. Um. And then two, you get like a massive amount, boost your maximum health because mountains and stones boost your max health. But because of that, uh, gargoyles now spawn on the mountain and fly down to the board and you fight Shit. those two. Um, so it's like this crazy like risk reward. You got to really think about where you're putting shit. Um, it's, one of, it's, it's another thing like Hades. You get into a fucking groove in that game. You get into a fucking groove. Sounds like it. Yeah, I can see that being super addicting. Oh, dude. Like, I mean... That's roguelikes in general. Like, you know, like, okay, what can I do better? What can I do better? Okay, I'm, I, I can do this now. I can go farther. And here's the thing. Like, it taps into, like, two different kinds of addicting. Like, it taps into the roguelike just like, okay, one more fucking run. One more fucking run. Like, that's how it gets into, like, the fucking, oh, I'm going to play I'm gonna play this game once. I'm going to play I'm gonna play one round tonight. And it immediately turns into, like, oh, I played four hours of fucking loop. <laughs> uh, so it appeals to that. But then it also appeals to, like, like I, I have this I have this problem with my phone. I, I download a bunch of like free games on my phone. Like I like a bunch of idle games and I like clickers. Yeah. This game has like the I hits like, like that idle game itch to me because you don't control your character. Not even in combat. Your character just cycles around. All you do is place your card tiles and equip gear. That is straight up all the that's all the action you have in that game. Your character does the rest of it all on its own, and it's just like it's fucking awesome, dude. Like I it's such a simple game, but it's also fucking piss hard when when things get like out of control. And here's the thing: when things get out of control, you 100% feel like it's your fault that things got that way. <laughs> like it doesn't feel unfair at all, which is like I I feel like it could a game like this could very easily feel like you just got dealt like a shit hand, like no pun intended, but like dealt like a shit hand. Yeah. And sometimes you are dealt like a shit hand. Sometimes like yo, one time I got like it. I was trying to build a mountain. Um, and I couldn't get a rock card to save my life. Sometimes it feels like it's getting like the game's like, you know, the RNG is not in your favor there. But I, every, but for the most part, everything feels like like if you if you died because you got killed by like fucking a hundred monsters, you're like, I could have probably placed my tiles differently to avoid that. And it's it's cool because it, it's like a learning experience. And then there's like there's even like hidden tiles that you can unlock that aren't played by cards. But it's just the way that synergies work off of one another. And then those That's create, cool. like, different benefits and, like, you know, disadvantages to that as well. Uh, like, my favorite top, my favorite card tile that I first experimented with, it's called uh, a Blood Grove. Those you attach next to groves. And the way that those work is those basically work as, like, a last-minute, like, insta-kill. Is once an enemy gets below a certain threshold of health, it instantly kills them. So... If so you don't, have, you don't have to finish them completely off. It just kind of yeah, does it. Yeah, and it works. Because like sometimes if you're just like a couple hits away from death and one thing is going to make a big difference, like sometimes that's a huge fucking help. What I didn't realize, though, is that sometimes uh, blood groves can spawn flesh golems 
for you to fight. And those flesh golems hit like a fucking Mack truck. Uh, and so I stupidly had built this long stretch of like groves and blood groves like next to each other. So I was just like, oh, like I'm fucked, fucked, huh? And uh, I guess I never did that again. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's like this, there's like a crazy risk reward to it. I, yeah, it, it's so weird saying this like so early on in the year, but man, dude, I, I literally think like, I obviously haven't finished Persona 5 Strikers, so I don't know how I'm going to feel about that by the end of it, but I think Loop Hero might be my game of the year uh, this early I mean, on. Like, at the very least, at this rate, it's going to be the game you put the most time into. Oh, like, for sure. And here's the thing, like, I'm not tired of it yet. Like, normally, like, like roguelikes, like, even, like, with Hades, like, as much as I love Hades, I can't play that game for, like, an extended period of time. Because even though it's a roguelike, I, I kind of know what to expect, in a sense. Yeah. With Loop Hero, I kind of, like, don't know what I'm going to get myself into on the next run. And, like, I've gotten to this point where, like, I've unlocked different character classes. Like, I just unlocked the Necromancer class. And straight up, that's the... I'm having more fun than I've had with the game when I was just playing with the regular default warrior class. Like, it's fucking crazy. So, this will be a weekly discussion, I believe? Uh, quite possibly. Uh, I... Like I'm, it's crazy that I've been playing it for as long as I have, and I'm still technically early on in the game. Yeah, no kidding. Because I don't have like any of like the wacky ass tiles that you get like later on. I'm I'm excited to see where this shit goes. I'm. I'm it's a like good, the it's fact a, that it still has a lot to game. offer. Yeah, it's a it's a great fucking game. Like, I like this game so much. I bought the soundtrack because the soundtrack also fucking slaps. That's cool. Uh, that's that's yeah, really cool. I, I recommend Loop Hero to everybody. Uh, play play that fucking game. You know, if, from what I understand, it's like a small studio game, so I'm always down for supporting that shit. Uh, is it blowing up right now too? I, I yeah, this game is like is pretty popping right now. I think I, I follow the uh, the Twitter the the developer's Twitter account, and I think they had something like the first day they had like 150 thousand people playing concurrently. Oh dang, that's crazy. Yeah, so it's just like it's fucking exploding which is which is great I, if there's a game that fucking deserves it i think it's loop hero man it's this is a hell of a fucking game hopefully i mean it's early in the year hopefully it stays in contention that throughout the year yeah like, hopefully ho hopefully uh, they, they keep their spotlight yeah definitely um and what sucks is like, i would love to mention this on the sales but it will literally be done by tomorrow morning at time of recording it's uh it's currently 15 percent off and it's not an expensive game, is it? Only like fifteen bucks. In the yeah, first place? it's fifteen bucks, but it's just like right now you could get it for under thirteen. Not bad. Not bad. So not fucking bad sick. Uh, yeah, that, that's all. That's all I've been playing. I just wanted to save that one for the last one I was t I talked about because. Yeah, I had to. You had to. Yeah, I, I. As someone who's like you know been relatively bored with like new games lately to the point where it's just like I've been playing a bunch of older shit. Um, Loop Hero has been a beacon of light, which is ironic considering the actual game itself is miserable. <laughs> well, let's see here. While you were doing that, I looked up to see where I left off on sets. And it was in 2015 with Battle for Zendikar. You're just saying words at this point, man. I don't know what any of this shit is. <laughs> See, every set for Magic like actually furthers like the story and the lore. So like 
you'll see like there was like literally a block of stuff called like Zendikar. Like it was literally like a, like a block of sets that were just all based on there. And then you come back and it's like, hey, now all of a sudden we're back here. There's a battle for this place now. Um, it's 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 evolving as all TCGs are. I'm more concerned about uh, the dragon with the very dumb name uh, Nicholas uh, Nicholas Bolas. Oh, I wish I had like a, a meme for that, but I don't. <laughs> I do not. Like I, I feel like the name, like his name is Nico Bolas or whatever, right? Like it's supposed. To, I, I'm sure that's supposed to be intimidating, but I'm just like his name is Nicholas. <laughs> uh, man, okay, I'm trying to remember. the The big one everyone knows is is Jace. Chandra and then Jace, yeah. Um, man, I forgot all the planeswalkers. There was one I used to have. I got I pulled two of them. Each card was worth like eighty bucks each, and it was like a vampire planeswalker, and I don't remember which one it was. Uh, there's hold on. There's uh, I'm basically just based off of like the starting ones that you can just that you just have in uh, MTG Arena. There's Jace. Uh, is it Jace for blue? Uh, Tiger Man for white. Um, Goth Girl for black. Uh flaming hair goggle girl for red okay yeah that's chandra and uh vivian for green because i was just like oh they just gave her a regular name huh all right let's see i think it was okay soren yes yeah it was soren and i just remember like i got pulled two and each one was worth like 70 bucks so i kept one i kept one and i sold the other and that was the one that used one white mana. So I kept oh, nice. one white mana in my deck. And I pulled it every time because I had the instant that says, hey, draw mana of any color. Synergy. Exactly. Heart of the cards. Heart of the cards. Uh, applies to magic also, it turns out. Absolutely. Uh, let's see. What else we got next in the docket? We got our one the one sale, game right? that's on sale. <laughs> Hit me with it. Uh, so, uh, Outer Worlds, very good game. Uh, it is currently half off until basically the end of the month, until March 25th. So if you're one of the few people that like doesn't have Game Pass, uh, you can play Outer Worlds for $30, which honestly, pretty good. I would pay that for that game. So, that's a lot of game for not a lot of price. Yeah, oh yeah, that's a it's a good amount of game for thirty bucks. Not as long yeah. as like, you know, it's made by the same people that did Fall on New Vegas. Uh, it's it's nowhere near as much content as that, but it's there's no, still a but lot. You can easily get like 30, 40 hours out of it though. Oh, for sure. Um, worth noting that's just the base game uh, that doesn't include the DLC and everything like that. But you know, even if you got it on Game Pass, it doesn't include the DLC there either. So, right. Play Outer Worlds. It's the one thing that's on sale. Yeah, literally uh, everything else that was on sale ends before this airs, so there's no point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not going to go there. Um, anyway, should we uh, go to the news? Hit me. Let's go to the news. I have to get that, uh, get that on Spotify. 
Taylor we'll Swift who? Yeah, we'll make it royalty free so everyone can use it. Yeah, we'll just just have it you make it royalty free. Use it in your streams and just play it in a loop. Like just that's all it is. <laughs> Lo-fi beats to go to the news too. I'm the loop hero now. Oh fuck. <laughs> yeah. See how this all comes full circle? Oh full shit. Loop, some might say. Oh, no. shut the fuck up. <laughs> oh man. Well, we got a cool, we got a cool new one. This one just got dropped today, right? Like, uh, as a recording today. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. TMNT Shredder's Revenge. We're taking it back to, uh, to the perfect turtle style of game. Yeah. Well, I I don't have much to say about this besides this looks fucking cool. It looks like everything that a Ninja Turtles game should be. Dude, I, I saw it and I was just like, yes, I do remember Turtles in Time and I love that game. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do that again. Like Donkey, that was fun. Let's do that again. Dude, yeah. Um, I don't think they announced anything like release date wise besides just like it's coming. Um, if they did, shit. I wasn't paying attention to it. Yeah, same. Uh, and I don't want to look it up right now in just in case. Uh, but no, I, I didn't look at Steiner math. I, look, I did my one. Whenever this does come out, uh, I'm going to play the living shit out of this. You know, hopefully uh, they don't fuck up and make it couch co-op only because that'd be real fucking dumb. Yeah. Uh, Cuphead. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Battletoads. You know what? That one's fine. No, it, it ruined our, our stream. You, you know what? It's Battletoads. That's par for the course for that game, baby. <laughs> I got ex- I got the exact result I expected to get out of that. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, hopefully because I would be I would love to play that with a friend. Yeah, like, uh, uh, you know I played Turtles in Time pretty heavily when I was younger, so it's just like the the best way to experience that game is with those games are with other people. Uh, yes, you can just get mad at each other, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, I can't fucking wait for this, man. It looks really fucking good. The sprite work on this shit is fucking incredible. Um, and I think my favorite part of the game is the cute, like, little chibi turtles on, like, on the health bars. Ooh. Yes. Absolutely. Beautiful. Yes. That, when I saw that, I was just like, all right. Okay. Like, yep. That's that's the exact kind of shit I'm looking for. Uh, so here's another one that was announced. I think, you know what? This was also today, I think. Yeah. Yeah. We got uh, some fresh news. Yeah, uh, Keith, do you like uh, do you like collabs? I do. Do you also like spending way too much money in a mall? Clearly, yes. Well, good for you. So do I. Uh, Animal Crossing announced a collaboration with Build a Bear. Man, that's just, that's printing money right there. But guess what? They've already fucking got mine. So <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, when this broke, I, I sent it like as a. Uh, I sent it to my girlfriend, and she was just like, no fucking way. And I was just like, yo, I'm going to make a fucking Tom Nook, man. <laughs> Dude, that's like the perfect thing. Like, just imagine how many people would love to stream with the Animal Crossing Build-A-Bear, like, in the background. Oh, dude. Now, imagine the people that just have kids that play Animal Crossing. Uh, everybody in the pandemic, you mean? Yes, absolutely. So, like, that's printing money because you're catering to so many different people there. Yeah, they're catering to like the actual 
children that like that game and this product was made for and they're also catering to the fucking weirdos like myself that are literally turning 30 this year and i was like animal crossing build the bear fuck yeah yeah it's like the most perfect thing and sometimes if, if if in your case someone who is turning 30 soon uh is expecting a child and currently has someone else's child with them you're double dipping probably absolutely shout out to the roommates sure uh but yeah this is this is cool uh, i like this announcement a lot in in uh I like how it seems now more than ever Nintendo's been willing to like collaborate when it where it makes sense. I think uh, this this is awesome. I think this works really well. Like it's funny, it's funny how well this works out. And this is something like I never once thought of. But now that I'm seeing it, I'm like, oh yeah. Like how did they not do this sooner? Yeah. Like why didn't I think of this? Why didn't they think of this? I'm just like, like, oh right, they're they have so much more money than me and are paid that much money to to think of shit like this. Correct. Okay. And they're about to make so much more. Nintendo man, been printing money since fucking the fucking eighteen hundreds or whatever the fuck. Like, oh shit. yeah, foreshadowing. Foreshadowing uh, for this episode of the pod. Yes. Uh, next on this is something that's real. Just a real, real. Uh, little quick hit right here just something i just saw on the interwebs apparently uh a job listing got posted naughty dog is hiring for a multiplayer game with quote robust longevity so my first thought and it might be like the incorrect thought is last of us 2 multiplayer that's what i thought at first too but Druckmann was pretty firm on being like we're not going to do multiplayer and we're not doing dlc for this game I, I just I don't I don't believe it I don't believe that I don't see how here's what I think it's not like I would assume if it, they're what if destiny was last of us 2 or what if destiny was just set in the last of us world like a live cert like game as a service multiplayer game set in the last of us universe you know you're surviving you're you're looting places you're getting gear like yeah. maybe this is you know it's not a it's not DLC for The Last of Us two but it is something else in the Last of Us universe. I can see that too. I was kind of that was kind of maybe my next thought, but you kind of very, like double down in it before I could, and I can definitely see that. And see, I think this is something that works a lot better because you know what I, you know what multiplayer. Well, I I, I personally would want to see multiplayer specifically just in Last of Us two. I, I don't think that game needs it. Um. And to be quite honest with you, Last of Us 2 is long enough as it is. I don't really sure I need like DLC for that. I would really love them to lean more into like what I thought they were going to do initially for Last of Us 2 was like make it like an anthology series. Right. Um, and I think this is like if, if this is what it is, like if this game with robust longevity becomes, uh, you know, The Last of Us but Destiny. I would love the fact that, you know, it's like adjacent to the Last of Us games, but it's not tied into it directly aside from taking place in the same universe. Yeah, it could be their, their ongoing live, like you mentioned. I can see that being a thing. Yeah, here's the thing, man. Like, I love Last of Us. I love Last of Us 1. We've been open on this podcast about how much we love Last of Us 2. I think 
I think I'm done with the Joel and Ellie arc, to be honest with you. I think so too, but I do think there's more to be desired there. Like I did especially see with the, with the show coming out. With the show coming out, they have yeah. to do something to piggyback off of that. I did see something online. I didn't want to uh, really mention it here because I couldn't like it wasn't like a confirmed source. It was literally just some like fucking rumor mill shit that. Uh, and this is why I was just like. Mm. I don't know. They said they weren't doing any DLC for it. It was like, I, the, if they did do DLC, it was going to be like an Abbey story. Yeah. Which, like, I get, but I also feel like the Abbey story had, like, a conclusion to it that I, I feel like... I, I feel like if you add more to that story, you kind of... You're, you're kind of, like, tacking something on to something that I feel like had some finality to it and didn't really need like a conclusion. I think if they did do something like that, and I think I said this on our on our actual like spoiler cast for it, I think if they did, it would have to be almost like how they did the Last of Us One's DLC. Like like the story between the stories where you know how one's was Ellie while Joe was passed out and he, she had to like, you know, get the meds and all that stuff for him. Yeah. I would think it would have to be like her and Lev going to California. Like the like the travel there. Like maybe something they encountered along the way. Yeah, it would definitely I agree. It would definitely have to be something like within the story of Last of Us 2 itself and not something cuz that's just tacked on like here's what happened afterwards. Yeah. Like I don't really want to know for a long time because that I really want to kind of it almost seems like okay like like finding out the ending of Dexter like so disappointing and I'd rather leave it up for like the imagination you know yeah I I, I like knowing that like Abby kind of just drifted off into the sunset and yeah. like you don't really know what happened to her but I feel like that's like good for her character in a way because she's a different person leaving like that fucked up like compound that she was you know before like from like the beginning of the fucking game when she murked joel <laughs> yeah. yeah i don't know i it'll be interesting to see what this develops into uh for all we know this could be something like completely different like naughty dog could be making a fucking crash bandicoot mmo for all we know uh but <laughs> <laughs> it's the last of us battle royale one 100 joels getting clubbed out of a plane uh <laughs> oh no they're getting clubbed out this time yeah they don't jump you just you just uh you just yell four and then just to see what came out this game came out what like last year <laughs> i could yeah. talk about it yeah you're good um yeah multi big multiplayer naughty dog game coming at some point i guess so we'll keep an eye on that yeah keep an eye on that uh, another cool little bit of news, you know, we talked about this like a while back when it first happened, but it's it's uh, it's finished now as of the past couple of days. But uh, Microsoft's acquisition of Zenimax is complete. It's done. It has happened a hundred percent. Yep, uh, US and EU approved, and it is done. Oh yeah, Bethesda also announced that uh, they're putting some Bethesda games on Game Pass by the end of the month. They didn't say what they were, um, but they're coming. I think. I think they're probably going to put Skyrim on there if I, if I had to 
fathom a guess. I would imagine Skyrim makes its it way to be, something. It would be a very healthy guess. Um, maybe even like I guess all the Fallout's. I know seventy six is on there. Um, yeah, I could see them. I could see them doing like because I don't think they could do all the Fallout's because I don't know if like New Vegas gets weird because that's Obsidian. Well, I mean, isn't Obsidian also an Xbox property? It it might be. I think it is because they developed uh, Grounded. That's true. Yeah, you I think, know what? I think that, they're an Xbox studio. Oh, okay. That might be then. Um, Ooh, that might be fun. If, if they're going to put, like, I think they're going to, if they put a Fallout game on there, they might just put four on there. Yeah, I can um, see that too. I, I don't, like, I feel like if they were going to put, like, Fallout 3 and Fallout New Vegas on there, I could see those games as, like, a bundle on that, but since that's not something that, like, exists, like, you can't get, like, Fallout 3 plus Fallout New Vegas is like a combination deal. I, I, feel, I don't know. I don't, I don't know why I feel like putting them I mean, on there separately is kind of weird. It, it might just be the deluxe editions, like all the DLCs. True. Um, yeah, but it's, it'll be cool to see what they what they eventually uh, eventually put on there. Another cool little thing uh, as part of the announcement today, uh, Phil Spencer, uh, who's someone who, I, one of the few developers, I, I just look at him and I was like, I trust this man. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um. Some Bethesda games, emphasis on some, uh, will be Xbox and PC exclusive. Uh, which ones? I'm not sure. I feel like if they somehow finagled an Elder Scrolls 6 into being exclusive, that'd be fucking insane. It'd be massive. I mean, like, it's here's the thing though. Like, you can like make the same case about both sides of this. You know, like saying like, oh man, like. Elder Scrolls and Fallout would be massive there's Xbox exclusives. And then on the other hand, it's like, man, those would be massive if they weren't if they'd break in off every PlayStation sale, you know? Yeah, that's the I thing. Mean, like, I, they're I, already doing it in Minecraft already. Pretty much, yeah. I, I think it's it's going to be interesting to see like what, what the criteria is for a Xbox slash PC exclusive Bethesda game. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like you're just saying, like, while I think, like, you know, it would be massive if if Elder Scrolls 6 was strictly Xbox and PC exclusive. But part of me, but like the rational part of my brain is like, they wouldn't fucking do that shit. They're trying to make money off of fucking everybody on a game like that. Yeah. But I guess we'll see. Uh, this whole acquisition's fucking crazy in the first place. So <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, if, just like, the fact that it even exists. Like having yeah. this conversation, that's massive. It, it it's always so funny to think of because I just remember that like E three presentation where uh, for the Xbox where they were like we acquired all these studios and everyone was kind of just like okay, mm -hmm. and I was like cool and like nothing. It's weird because like nothing ever really kind of like came of that except from like some smaller games. But now it's just like we got Bethesda now. <laughs> it was just like oh shit. <laughs> yeah, it really is. they acquired them for Game Pass. And that's where it's all at, you know? That's where all oh, of the sure. have have like attributed to. I uh I am very excited to see what what comes from uh the like this acquisition just being like fully a hundred percent like done. Yeah, we're we're not gonna see the, the actual like benefits of it for probably I'd say at least a year now, if not. Oh, maybe it's gonna longer. be it's gonna be a little bit, yeah. Yeah. So let's see what's on for the future. I'm assuming this is a, like a permanent move. I don't see this going and reversing any time at all. 
Oh no, I think it would take a massive amount of money to make <laughs> to like undo this. Right. Exactly. Uh, so next little piece of news. This was announced. Was this also today? I feel like this was within the past uh, couple of days. This was in the past couple of days. Okay. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, I think this was the beginning of the week. Um, they announced Aliens Fire Team. It's an alien game. I think they're saying kind of in the vein of like a Left 4 Dead. Yeah, that's what it seems like. The 1v4 or whatever, 5v4. I, don't, I didn't remember exactly what it was. Uh, here's the thing. I love, 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 love the Alien franchise. You know that. I made you watch all the movies. Uh, yes, yes, you did. I would say that you were probably also an Alien fan at this as of this point. Yes, yes, I am. Uh, we also live in an age where we have uh, been burned by colonial Marines. I thought you were going to say we live in a society. Is the Snyder cut out yet? Uh, no, eight more days. Okay. Um, eight more days as of recording. I don't know if I have five hours of whatever of movie in me. Uh, oh, absolutely not. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, we, we, oh man, like so far this game looks like the trailer for, for, um, what's the face of Colonial Marines look like? Yeah. Yeah. I, I just remember being like, I remember seeing the trailer and just being like, oh fuck, this looks sick. And then I would mean, it was like, oh fuck, Colonial Marines looked sick. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> But this one, this one does have gameplay already out. I think it's like, it's like 25 minutes of gameplay that's already been released. Yeah, it, man, it's I. I want this to be good so bad. No, <laughs> oh, yeah, like, like you know, Alien Isolation is a cool game. I like you know that makes sense for the Alien universe. It's like it, it's a stealth game, you know. And isn't it like the spiritual like fifth installment too? Yeah. It, yes, you are. Uh, you're you're playing as uh, as Ripley's daughter, uh, but man, I just I just want a game where I got a big fucking gun and I'm just shooting some fucking xenomorphs. Yeah, it's pretty simple. Um, what was I gonna say? Oh, I was gonna say something too. Oh yeah, and does is it technically a Disney game now? Does Disney own Alien? Yeah, Disney got Alien with Fox. This is technically a Disney game, then. Yes, <laughs> like if I'm not mistaken, I think they put like Alien, like franchise in the Marvel universe. Like I think there's a straight of like Alien Marvel comic now, and like the Xenomorph. Okay, like like Xenomorphs exist in Marvel now, like okay. in continuity. Probably with Predator too. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, in March. Uh, yeah, in 2021. Okay. <laughs> Let's see, Alien Story coming to Marvel. Uh, a new breed of Xenomorph for the survival of his child hanging in the balance. Um, I'm trying to see if it's going to be in continuity. All I can think of is an alien with mouse ears. Oh man, imagine that at Disneyland. Yo, straight up, I'd be down as fuck. The Zeno <laughs> the the Zeno Mickey? Oh man. You really had to go there. I did. <laughs> <laughs> God, I I 
but for, uh, I need I need this alien game to be good, man. I fucking I need it. Because, uh, like, yeah, like I was saying, I love I love Isolation. I think Isolation is a good game. That's not, like, precisely what I'm looking for out of an alien game. Like, when I think of, like, what I want out of an alien game, I think of, like, what if Doom but Xenomorphs? Ooh, that's fun. You're just blowing them up when you can. Yes. Like, I, I get that, like, undermines, like, the whole, like, aliens are supposed to be scary, but just, you know, let me... Let me shoot. Let me shoot aliens with big gun. Like that's. I'm a simple man. And yeah. also, let me get a downloadable Xeno Mickey skin. Like just the Xenomorph in like the Mickey outfit. Yeah. It, no. It's literally just a, a, a. It's a full body Xenomorph, normal, but it's just wearing Disneyland mouse ears. <laughs> Let's see. I don't. Okay. Maybe it might not be in continuity, but I do know it is a Marvel comic, though. Good enough. Let's see here. Because I know Predator's getting one too. Let me Google Alien Marvel continuity. Just to see what's going to happen here. I'll look that up while we continue looking on. Um, so for this next... Uh... This next news item, you know, talking about uh, card games. Uh, Valve officially announced that they stopped uh, development on Artifact. They lived a short but good life. It did not even live a good life. It just lived a short <laughs> one. <laughs> I'm trying to give it the benefit of the doubt, dude. Um, so if for those that are unaware, Artifact was basically Valve's Dota card game. Uh, pretty cool concept. I mean, there was like you know, it was a, it was still like a Hearthstone adjacent game, but yeah. you had to take into account lanes. Like they actually worked lanes into it, uh, which immediately was like, oh, I hate MOBA, so I'm not doing that. Uh, I said as I downloaded Smite again this week. <laughs> uh, but you know, they're doing a little bit like uh, they, they basically cited that like you know, in my own words. Not theirs. Uh, not enough people give a shit about our game, so we're just going <laughs> to cut our losses. <laughs> yeah, and just make it all free to go. Yeah, uh, cool thing that they did, you know, you can pay, you can play base artifact or the 2.0 beta that they were working on for completely free. Um, everybody access has everybody has access to all the cards. Uh, you don't got to buy packs anymore, and even if you wanted to, you can't. Uh, you can't buy packs. You know, it, it sucks that, like, the game died i guess you know you hate to see it especially you know this reminds me of like anthem in a way you yeah. know they were working on it it seemed like everything was going fine and then eventually just got the big old fucking axe but at least in the case of art artifact is you know they did like like you're never you're never going to get anthem 2.0 you know what i mean but you're also you're not, you might not ever going to get artifact 2.0 but at least yeah. the artifact it still exists like as someone who knows i have to i don't have to financially invest into that game anymore i'm considering downloading artifact yeah that might have been like you're i think you're gonna see the like the player base definitely expanding on like the fact that it's free now how long that's yeah. gonna last i don't know it might just gonna be it's not gonna be long like long term like sustained you know oh god no not at all um I mean, I, I pulled up the 
the Steam page right now, and it's getting uh, review bombed uh, to exist, like out, like out of fucking existence. Um, but you know, uh, the fact that I don't have to like pay money for it anymore is good. Like, I, looking at like some of these reviews, people are just uh, understandably upset because uh, they paid money. Yeah, they're paid money. They're like looking for refunds and shit, which you know, that sucks. Like I get it, I un I understand that. Like people probably because I think I remember seeing like when this game came out, like if you wanted like all the cards and you wanted to be like competitive and artifact, you were having to pay like upwards of like five six hundred dollars just to be like, just to have like a the collection, which is fucking insane. insane for for a digital card game like yeah at least like you know mtg arena like yes well i well i spent money <laughs> on digital cards at least there's like a real world like analog to it like i know mtg arena is not going to go anywhere because like mtg has not gone anywhere yeah, it's in, like, going nowhere it's, yeah, yeah you're like, good <laughs> Like, I don't got to worry about Magic the Gathering going anywhere at all. Like, I'll be able to play MTG Arena until I fucking die, probably, <laughs> realistically. Because uh, I think I think even I saw that Wizards is doing, like, actual, like, tournaments and shit through Arena now. Like Yeah, I think that's the only way they can right now. Yeah, it's, that's, that shit's fucking crazy. But, you know, stuff like Artifact and, you know, things like Hearthstone. Like, if that shit decided to go up and smoke today, like, if Hearthstone went up and smoke, like, Artifact today, like, I would be, like... Like, granted, I haven't played Hearthstone in so long, but I know how I have an idea of how much money I've put in Hearthstone. I'd be like, damn, what the hell? Like, yeah, I, it's really good. There's no way for you to check that. Oh, I, I would, I'm sure I would be disgusted with myself. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd probably be more disgusted by like how much money I put into Hearthstone than how much money I put into like World of Warcraft over the years. <laughs> I think that's a fair assessment. <laughs> like 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 if like if you show me like oh this is how much you spent on world of warcraft i'd be like ah, that makes a lot of sense <laughs> uh but like if you're like oh you spent this much on uh digital trading cards i'd be like, <coughs> fucking, <what? laughs> like i would i would straight up vomit if you showed me the amount of money i spent on hearthstone um but yeah uh that that sucks if you were a fan of artifact uh Nobody really was, I guess, but uh, uh, even looking at, like, yeah, just looking through the reviews, it was ne they never received, like, positive reviews, that's for sure. But, uh, you know, hopefully hopefully Valve takes this as a, a sign to, like, maybe work on your games a little bit more. Uh, or maybe, like, understand what people want. Because I know when the game was initially announced, people, like, once it was, like, Artifact, the, the Dota trading card game, everyone was like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like a weird expansion. I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense, but then they did some weird things with it that just prevented it from catching on. Yeah. Um, so, you know, RIP artifact. Uh, I wish I could say you lived a good life, <laughs> but you, you sure didn't. I'll say it just to give it the benefit of the doubt. Uh, so the, the last little bit uh of news that we have here is something that i can't i can't believe that i am talking about in 2021 uh keith do you remember back in 2009 when a little controversial military game called six days in fallujah was announced yes 
Do you remember also how the backlash of that game was so bad that they were like, oh, we're not actually going to do this anymore? Yes. Like, they just straight up bailed out of it because it was like the ongoing war that was still going on. Yes. Well, it turns out uh, the developers are like, it's been long enough. So uh, six days in Fallujah got announced again. Uh, So weird. Dude, yeah. Um, uh, my favorite part about this whole announcement was uh, the developer saying, and then today walking back uh, his comments about how uh, we're not, they're not trying to make political uh, commentary on the Iraq war and it being good or bad. <laughs> when yeah, like, it's, it's like, how can it not? And I guess they said that and like his team probably told him, yo, uh, that, that, that's exactly the game we made. Dude, here's the thing. Even the most mundane military shooter, like you think, even fucking like like Call of Duty is like a fucking is a fucking idiot's game when it comes to like plot. You know what I mean? But like, even they're saying something about that. They're also making political commentary about war. Like it's a Call of Duty game. Like that's that's it. That's the whole point of the game. Like I mean, like just just okay. Even if you're just simple basis Axis and allies, that alone is some kind of political commentary it's very self-aware of what a yes. game it is you know the fact that the game lets you like if, if the game is narrative based and puts you in control of like someone on either side that in itself is making political commentary like <laughs> yeah and i don't get it and like now he's like like he's saying you know it's inseparable from politics it's like uh it's like yes yeah As, i i think it's like especially the game based on like fallujah like yes i yeah, like of course this is like political like wh- what the fuck are you talking about bro like <laughs> yeah and the fact that they went to like such strong lengths to get so many like first-hand accounts and make it like an authentic war game as they they were kind of saying in the first place like you're, you're you're doing a whole lot of things to make it political you know and granted it's it could be a different kind of game they've ever played because of all of that but that doesn't change. It's a political game. It's a war game. Oh, absolutely. Like, they're not making fucking Spyro the Dragon over here. You know what I mean? Like, you can say, like, I can say, like, oh, like, if like if you'd be, if you came up to me and be like, we didn't intend to have any political commentary in Spyro the Dragon, I'd be like, okay. Like, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. If, if you come up to me and said, like, like, if, how fucking stupid does this sound? Like, Keith, if I walk up to you and said, hey, I'm developing a game based on a very controversial part of the Iraq war. But I don't mean anything political by it. You'd probably look at me like I was a fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah, I'd be, I'd be like, you know, the only way you can do that is if you make it like, what's that Matt Damon movie, The Great Wall of China, where it's like actually about aliens? <laughs> oh, just completely just like... Just like, <laughs> what happened here? Yeah, that'd be like the only way. And even then, I'd be like, but it's still political. Yeah, like just just the fact that, yeah, I, I don't know, man. This is like just reading all this shit. I was just like, I, what? <laughs> like, here's the thing. Like, maybe maybe you should just let. Maybe they should have just let this game die. That would have been fucking cool. Could have just left this in 2009. It would have just been like, uh, oh, remember when they did that? That was kind of dumb. To now, it's like, oh, you're bringing it back in 2021. Yeah, it's, it's oh, funny because like, everybody did forget about it too. But yes. that doesn't mean you should do it. I mean, we'll see. I guess at some point it was going to get made. I mean, 
like I said, there had there was a breaking point to where World War II games were a thing to when they were. What that point is, I don't know, but it was gonna happen at some point eventually. Is the way I see it. Yeah, it's just, man, it's just. I I don't know, man. Like one, I I think you should leave this game in the past where it belongs. Yeah. Uh, also, like don't say extremely stupid shit <laughs> like i guess like holy fuck it kind of also like completely undercuts credibility of the game you know like it's almost like okay you're making this game but you're making comments like that do you really know what your game is about or you're just doing something for shock value yeah it's just like you do, do you ever play those soldier of fortune games uh no those are not okay so uh, also war games, but also, you know, this is that's one of those games where it's just like they 100% were just going for shock value because the whole point of Soldier of Fortune is, you know what, I don't know what the fucking plot of those games were because the whole point was like, hey, we've got the dumbest fucking gore you have ever seen in a video game. Like, you could literally blow off every segment of a person's body in that fucking game. But the game looked bad, so it was hilarious. Like that was the whole, that was the whole that, that was that game's bit. Like it was just like, hey, you can dismember people in real dumb ways. Like if you want, if you told me like Soldier of Fortune had no political commentary, I'd believe you, because their whole angle was body go boom. Like, <laughs> yeah, the, the, they literally built their whole game around that. Yeah, it's like they they built a like a World War Two like shooter based around the fact that you kill people real fucking good in that game. Like, and, and that's it. Like, that's basically all there was to that game. And, yeah. Uh, there was probably political commentary in there, but, you know, it wasn't based on, like... You know, this was, this was like, World War II game number 5,000 at that point. And, like... Yeah, I, I don't know, man. It's, like, it's so different when it's, like... Yeah, you know, World War II is different because, you know, fighting Nazis inherently bad... Iraq War. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Do you really want to go there? Yeah. It's like I, I don't know. Last thing before we go in. Last thing I'll say about it before we go into like the main uh, bit of the show here is just like I, that game should have stayed in 2009. I think. Yeah, that'd be that'd have been the easiest thing to do. Uh, <sighs> so, I guess uh, we will go through the main show here Keith I will let you since this whole thing was your fucking idea I will let you introduce this wow you're trusting me with something um, I, I'm I'm hoping I'm not going to regret this in the next 10 seconds you usually do um, yeah so I feel like it's not a very known thing but on Crackle so free there is a five part documentary series on basically the life of Nintendo as it started in the way beginning, which is a lot earlier than a lot of people know off the top of their head, to pretty much today in 2021. Um, it's called Nintendo Playing With Power. Like I said, a five-part docuseries. And I, I guess my first impression is I thought it was really well done. Um, I guess a lot of people know a lot of these things, some people more than others. So I think it did a really good job of really kind of spelling it all out to where there's something for everybody in on this. Um, what did you think of it? Yeah, I I, I second the. I think it was really well done. 
Um, I, I've known, like, like you know, a lot of the shit that they showed in this is like it's not something that's new to me. Like, I knew that Nintendo started off as like a playing card company, essentially. Right. Um, I knew that they were a toy company as well before they got into making like literally any fucking video games at all. I, I think the thing that I appreciated the most out of the documentary was a lot of like outside perspective. Like there was a lot of like Nintendo, like former Nintendo, like execs and stuff that were interviewed for this. Obviously, like you know, you have like fucking like marketing managers, and you get Reggie yeah. in there former, at some point. Former presidents and all that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, you get Reggie and shit in there at some point. But I like that you know one of the main people that the interview is fucking Phil Spencer. Uh, yeah, who's they, probably the b- biggest current name that they got. Oh yeah, and they also have uh fuck. He's the founder. He's the founder for I think it was was it Electronic Arts. Yeah, they, I think yeah. So. They had they had the founder for EA in there, and it, wow, surprising. Yes, yes, yes. That, he, he was in there. Yes. Wow, I was just like, wow, they made someone that works for EA seem like a a person with a soul in their body. That's fucking incredible. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I think that those were the things I appreciated the most out of the documentary was just like I, I thought it was like I thought it was gonna be a hundred percent like Nintendo people blowing smoke up everyone's ass. Like which, you know, for the most part, it kind of was. Um But I do like that they showed some outside perspective. I, I think one of my favorite bits was well not bits, just one of the people that is in there. They have uh like Atari, like former Atari executives in there. And man, those guys look real bummed to be talking about oh, Nintendo. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, but it also like I kind of saw it as it's like the very like the Western perspective of yeah. Nintendo oh, for sure. Because like you hear the story of like how it started in Japan, how it started to get here. Um, but they there's no there's no Japanese developers interviewed and all that and also they, because Nintendo does keep a pretty tight lipped and a lot of them do still work there as sure. crazy as it sounds um so it's a western western perspective and i thought they had a really with that being said i do think they had a really well-rounded cast of like sound engineers current and former presidents of entertainment companies um they had a oh, what's his name i guess the first reggie uh, like the face of Nintendo in America, um, uh, F- F- Philip Howard, Philip something I want to say, um, and it shows basically just how Nintendo, as wacky and weird as they are, that's what keeps them going. Like, I had no idea like there was like the Disney deal for like the Disney cards and things like that. That was yeah, that's that something I didn't know about. Like when I saw it, I was like, oh, that's real fucking cool. <laughs> Yeah, and like Phil Spencer kind of lent credence to it all as far as like current um, names and Cliffy B too. Cliffy B a, was a big name for a while in gaming, and I know he's kind of taking the backseat for now. Yeah, it was it was so like I don't know. He's someone who like who's like personality wise, I don't really like vibe with. I think he's like he's too much a lot of the time, especially yeah. with how he was like talking about like that like boss key studios or whatever when that that fucking one battle royale game like failed and he was just like going on a fucking tirade about it uh, oh yeah i was just like man this fool kind of sucks uh he went from gears of war to being a fucking dickhead it seems but um i don't know i think it was really cool just seeing him like like how uh 
like how far back with Nintendo he goes, like to being so so much so that he's like featured on like like leaderboards and shit and fucking Nintendo Power or whatever. Yeah, that was really cool. Like I was like, oh shit, okay. Like this motherfucker good at the video games. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think what I did like is that it did not hold back on showing like Nintendo's missteps and seeing like. Like, it didn't hold back, like, obviously, like, Sonic now is not what it was back then, but Sonic was a huge powerhouse, and it took over the throne for a good minute, you know? And it did not shy back from that. It did not shy back from um, the Wii U, even even the Super Nintendo, you know? Um, to show, like, how they've shot themselves in the foot, like, you know, giving Sony, you know, the whole PlayStation 1 war. And they're kind of handing it to them, you know, like, showing Nintendo's greed even throughout the years. Oh yeah, like there's some segments that like, well, it's it's definitely like, it definitely celebrates Nintendo a lot. There's definitely a lot of like, oh, Nintendo is doing some kind of whack shit a lot of the yeah, time. Yeah, like like with the whole like monopoly on like the cartridge. Oh yeah, like they were just being straight up fuckers with that shit. Like I was just like, damn, dude, like they are just yeah strong arming everybody around them basically. Yeah, and I did not know like those details either. I did not know it was like that deep. Yeah, that's 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 fucking crazy. Yeah, so obviously this is not made by Nintendo. I mean, there's no one current still there. Not even Reggie is there. He's shown a lot, but he's not featured. They get a lot of former people that say, "Yeah, nobody liked us." <laughs> and even then, they like I was. I think it was the former like CEO of Atari says, you know, people still don't like working with Nintendo. I mean, I like it sucks, but it's definitely easy to see why yeah especially because like think of it this way like i can see one thing you know switch is selling like hotcakes people want the games on there they basically have to make a second version of the game almost like watered down just to make it on there you know yeah for sure it's and i'm sure that's the, i can only imagine like you know i'm not a game developer but that's that sounds like it would be frustrating as fuck it sounds like it and not only that but not even all like the witcher 3 is on there but it's not even Supported by CD Projekt Red, you know? So I feel like it almost becomes a hassle. It's like, all right, let's get someone else to do it. And yeah, whatever, we'll take the hit. It won't, it, we won't make as much off it, but whatever, just get it there. Just because they don't want to be the ones to work with Nintendo. So they want someone else to do it. Yeah, and it's always like, that sucks, but it's always just like, well, fucking, it's just how it's got to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and there was one thing Tommy Tallarico said, and that was a name I hadn't heard for a long time since like the G4 days, because I think he was on Judgment Day. That um, sounds about right. Yeah, I think it was Judgment Day. So seeing him in here, I was like, oh yeah, I forgot about you. Apparently he's been really relevant this whole time. Uh, <laughs> you know, just Forrest gumping through history. Um, he, uh, he makes a comment saying like, look at how Nintendo was, like so like nitpicky, you know, had this like the, the certificate, like the seal. And now on the Switch, it's just, all right, here we go. More, 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 more. And they're very much like, there is a lot of games on Switch that would not have nearly ended up on any other, like, the Wii um, store or, like, like digital or anything like that. Nothing, they would not have gotten picked up for Nintendo. Now they are because they've embraced indies in a way they never have before, you know? So, yeah, uh, the company's I, I, evolving. Yeah, for sure. I, I think the way we're seeing Nintendo now is definitely like the most flexible Nintendo's been uh, probably, like I was going to say in a long time, but more realistically, probably like ever. Yeah, yeah, definitely. 
So, I think they made a comment saying, okay, what do you think Nintendo's legacy is over the last 100 years, and where do you think they'll be going forward? And I figured that'll probably be a good way to kind of, you know, end, end it on. Um, what, what do you think Nintendo's legacy is? Um, if I had to like condense it down into a word, I think I would probably say Nintendo's legacy is innovation. That's exactly the same word I was using. Uh, because you know, it's it's funny. Like when they were talking about like the Game Boy segment, uh, how it's just like Nintendo was always like behind in terms of hardware. Um, but like they were so far ahead in terms of like everything else. Like like. It's crazy to think about, like, when someone said it. I think it might have actually been Tommy Tellerico that said it. I was just sitting here. Like, I was sitting there because I was, I was watching it on my phone uh, while I was clocked in at work because I'm a w- w- wonderful employee. Uh, Absolutely. But if it wasn't for Nintendo and the Game Boy, I don't know if mobile gaming would be what it is today. No, I don't think so. I mean, they literally said that, you know, the iPhone was their biggest competition. And in a lot of ways, it still is. Yeah, and it's like you know, Nintendo's has always been like you know, Sony and Microsoft have always been, have have been duking it out for like time immemorial. It seems you know between like who's got the most teraflops, who's got like the the most high end like chip in your thing. Like you know what I mean. Meanwhile, Nintendo's here is just like yo. What if we play this thing? What if we have this thing that's handheld? But if you put it into this weird thing, you can play it on your TV. Uh, and then what if you have this weird thing that you like this clamshell that you open up and there's two screens in it and it's a hit yeah it's just like nintendo's always been good at printing fucking money um and i think it's just because that they are it's shown because you know they it's it's basically been how they built their company from a failing toy company to what it is now it's just like nintendo has never been afraid to go outside of the box and to innovate um, so I, I think that's their legacy. It's just fucking innovation. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking too. For multiple reasons. I mean, everything you just said is true. Like, then one of the things I don't remember who has said it near the end, but they said, "Hey, what?" It, I think it was Allison Hasley was saying, "You know, if it makes sense for them to do it as a next logical step, it's probably going to fail, so they're not going to do it." And yeah, that's a good and bad thing for Nintendo because I mean, like the Wii U. Like it was, in some ways it was a nice logical step. In other ways, it wasn't, and it didn't do as well as it could. And that's what I hell Mary came with the switch, and they knocked it out of the park. So, I guess I think Nintendo's got a track record of like every other generation, which kind of makes me scared for the future. Like NES, great. SNES, uh, it'd be great, but they had a lot of issues with like people saying like, "Oh, why do I need to upgrade?" You know. It wasn't. Yeah. Generations weren't known back then. And then you know, N sixty four. Oh man. Then GameCube. I thought it was a success. Apparently, it wasn't. <laughs> Not in the way that I thought it was. It's so Probably. weird thinking about that because I I love my fucking GameCube, but. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, and I guess I mean that makes sense because that was one thing I always wish they had like DVD players and all that. Like we didn't have that for a long time. Well, I have friends with Playstations that did. So, that flopped. We massive. Wii U, not Switch, massive. I'm scared. 
I mean, I it, time will tell at this point. It's just like where, like you know, you just said, where do we see Nintendo in ten years? Um, probably yeah. still making way too much fucking money. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're 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 going to be spreading outward. I do think within the next ten years is when we finally get movies and game and TV series based off of Nintendo properties. Now, how many? I don't know. Probably not a lot, but I do think I do see that happening in ten years. I mean, I would hope. I mean, didn't they just recently, like, axe the Zelda Netflix show because people found out about it? <laughs> so I, Yeah, I think that happened recently. But I want to say, I think, is there a Mario movie in the process? Like, a 3D animation, like, almost in the vein of Sonic? Ooh, I have no idea. The only Mario movie I acknowledge is uh, the one with uh, fucking John Leguizamo is Luigi. Let me see here. Mario movie. Uh, okay, Super Mario movie is officially coming in 2022, and Miyamoto Vlad is a producer. Okay, sure. So that is going to be a thing. But I I want to say there's going to be more happening with it. There has to be. Who's making this? Is it? It's got to. It's got to be an animated movie. There's no way they'll do that again. <laughs> Let's see if I can find something out. But I think it'll be a semi-regular thing. Because, I mean, again, Sonic beat him to it. To making that happen. Or successfully making that happen, I guess. I mean, thanks to the pandemic, that was the largest movie of 2020 for a long time. Yeah, I, I think the thing with Nintendo, though, is... You know, they, they for sure march to, like, the beat of their own drum. And, you know, when the time is right, they'll fucking do it. I mean, think of it this way, like, it doesn't have to be, like, Marvel style, but just imagine, like, the Nintendo universe where, like, you're watching a Mario movie, and then all of a sudden you see a post credit scene, one for, like, I guess, whatever sequel, like, oh, hey, here's the better Luigi, and then the next one is, like, whoa, drums, bananas, oh, we're getting a Donkey Kong movie, like, just, like, <laughs> the hype that comes from there, you know, even if they're not connected, just, like, they play off of each other, I don't see, like, money. Yeah, I, I feel that, and I don't know. I I just I I still just say I I see Nintendo in ten years just still taking all my fucking money. Like I'm already like in every capacity. Possible. Yeah, I'm already looking at this like new Switch that uh, like whenever that does come out, I'll be like, you know, if they figure out if they can make it easy to port all my shit over to the new one, yeah, I'll fucking buy a new. <laughs> I'll buy a new Switch. <laughs> yep, yep, that's exactly where I'm at. Because I'm fucking so, stupid. So yeah, but yeah, if you can. Um, I guess to kind of wrap it up in there, we'll check it out. It's on Crackle. It is absolutely free with ads. Um, it is called Nintendo the Playing with Power, a five-part Nintendo docu-series that offers a really unique look in the Western perspective of Nintendo. From people that were there. That's the cool part. It's not just like yeah, a recap. People that were there. It. Yeah, and, and it's cool because you can see them like despite like any criticisms, despite any anything else they're still fans you know except the atari people <laughs> yeah except for that they're pretty they're, they're pretty i know they were so bummed <laughs> like i feel like they just like like i feel like at some point they learned to live with it and this just like <laughs> threw all of that progress away dude that one dude with like with like the the gray beard he was just yeah Ooh. <laughs> oh yeah um 
I will say just the last thing on this. It is awesome seeing Phil Spencer say like, yeah, I don't really know what they were doing with the N64 controller, to be honest. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this coming this, this coming from the guy who is like head of a company that literally had a controller that was the size of a small child. But yeah, and somehow that was still more functional. Who has the most? I will say who has the most comfortable controller now, too? Who, Xbox? Yes. Oh, dude, straight up. Uh, I fucking... Holding a PlayStation controller is weird as hell now. Uh, even though I will say PS5 controller, very comfy. And, and it is shaped more like the Xbox controller, like overall. Oh, yeah. But I got to give it an Xbox's thumbstick placement. They, they don't belong straight. Ooh, yeah. It, I think that depends on like, the kind of game I'm playing. I still kind of like the, the PS5, the, PS, the PlayStation analog placement. Uh, I don't know. I like I like I like the D pad. I mean, Nintendo created the D pad. <laughs> I like the D pad on the bottom. Well, I think that's a good place as any to call it for this week. I think so too. Check it out, Nintendo playing with power on Crackle, free. It's free. Uh, I will say though, the ads are fucking aggressive on that shit. So just yes, prepare for that. Be prepared for that, but free. Yeah, free. You just have to put up with like fucking 10 minutes of ads every fucking 30 seconds. But uh, yeah, I think that's going to do it for uh, episode 45 here of the Minigames podcast. Uh, it is about to be midnight here. We're recording it. I'm ready to go the fuck to sleep. Keith on the internet. Where? Everywhere. Almost. Um, yeah. Twitter, Instagram at Wu underscore Keith. Uh, twitch.tv slash woo underscore Keith um, as it's been for the past few weeks as it will be if you're listening to this on day one I will be playing Hades tonight um, Hooray! yeah and then the ongoing Resident Evil series um, I don't know if I'll be done with Code Veronica or not like I said I have, I have no basis on this game so I'll be done with that when I'm done with it hop on in and uh, tell me what's up like I said it's woo underscore Keith I know you know how to spell it fuck you Chris it's WHO. Perfect. Uh, you can also find me on the internet, uh, Twitter, Bad X Health, Instagram, You Broke Like Glass, Twitch, X Skulltula X. Uh, you can find us both collectively on the internet at uh, Mini as the Minigames Podcast uh, on Twitter and Instagram, both at Minigamescast. Uh, Make sure if you have the opportunity and you feel so inclined, please leave us a review on Apple Music. I would say Google Podcasts. I'm still working on that. I checked it while we were doing this recording. Still says it's uploading there or something that's not available yet, but I did what I could. So maybe it's on there. Maybe it's not. We'll find out. Uh, getting shit onto Google is real fucking annoying. I will say that. This, is, this has been a fucking process. Uh, but until I mean then. It is what it is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if it ends up not being on Google, uh, fucking sorry, I guess. We're available literally everywhere else. Who doesn't have a Spotify account at this point? You know what I'm saying? Like, but uh, yeah. I'm working on it, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, yeah, this has been episode 45 of the Minigames podcast. We still don't know what we're doing for episode uh, 50 yet. I'm going to hold Keith's feet to the fire because he said by next week. So we'll figure that out. Uh, have a good night. Bye-bye. Into the fire.